Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the series in his hands to remind us that God is always in control. We hope that you enjoy this message. John 15, 16. John 15, 16. John 15, 16. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace that is upon us, for your mercies that is here for your mercies that are new every single morning. We give you the praise and all the adoration because you are awesome. In this moment, receive our praise and our adoration because you deserve it. In Jesus' name, I've prayed. Amen. Amen. I'm so excited to be here tonight. Uh, I'm just going to speak for about 15 minutes, and then I want us to just break out in praise and thank God for everything he's done for us. And everything he's done for us as as a ministry, as TLC, as Campus Rush, as making waves all around the world. We have to pause to thank God, Pastor, because God has been way too good for us. He's been been too good to us for us to pass on. Um, Thank you so much, Yo-Yo. In elementary school, let me just start from there. In elementary school, uh, how many people enjoyed recess in elementary school? Let me see by a raise of hands. You enjoyed recess. Okay, just a few people enjoyed recess. People like, I didn't like recess at all. Thank you so much. One thing I like about recess, uh, Pastor, uh, if you don't mind, can you just come on stage? Uh, You have a mic in your hand. Can you tell me one thing you loved about recess in elementary school? Just tell me one thing you loved about it. Uh, When you got to play sports. Amazing. Clap for this young man. He's smart. (laughs) Thank you. What was the sport of your choice, sir? You're going to preach for me today. Football. Football. You have some fans, I see. Football, amazing. One thing I love about organized sports (laughs) is the fact that there's two captains, and the two captains get to pick who's on their team. That's one thing I like about it. Were you ever a captain that got to pick people? I love that. Now, this scripture is so amazing. We're going to read it. It's John 15, 16. It says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. This is Jesus speaking. Now, I love this in sports because in sports, if you're the best player, you'll probably be the captain. Now, the captain of the team is now saying that I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Now, if you look at your credentials, you're not worthy of being on his team. But then God says, I chose you. That's crazy, isn't it? The revelation behind that is I stand here, and, and, and God stands here simply. And I'm, I'm rushing through this a little bit. God stands here, and he says, listen, I'm the captain of this team, and I've chosen you to be on my team. You may be the worst player. You may have it all jacked up. You may not be perfect at all. But God says, I'm the captain and I've chosen you. Now, hold up. It doesn't even make sense for you to be on his team. (laughs) It makes no sense. Why should you be on his team? We're talking about Jesus here. But the Bible says that you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. Not only did I choose you, but I chose you so that you may multiply. I chose you so that you may bear fruit and you may continue. Not only does it says that, but it says that, and that your fruit should remain. Not only will your fruit be there, but your fruit shall also remain. That means that your fruit shall also multiply. That means that I have chosen you not just to stand on my team and be a Christian, but to produce something. Are you here? 
I've chosen you to produce something. I've chosen you to produce something that continually, continually produces. Not only does it says this, but it says, uh, the, and, 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 and that what you remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Thank you so much, Pastor. It says that not only have I chosen you, but I've chosen you so that you may bear fruit and so that your fruit will remain and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, I will give you. I love this scripture because the Bible says that Christ chooses us and we didn't choose him. Anybody grateful that God chose you even though you're jacked up? Come on. Anybody? Anybody grateful? We don't have it all together, but Christ still chose us. Even in all of our dirt, even in all of our mess, Christ still continually chooses us. I, I, I love this scripture and we're going to read a few of them. Let's go to Psalms 124 verses 1. I'll read this scripture, say a few things and, and we'll rejoice in this place tonight. We'll continue and pick up our series next week. And it's going to be fire. Anybody blessed two weeks ago by the beginning of the series? It was hot in here. It was so hot in here. We're, we're going to go higher and, and God is going to be with us even then. It says here in Psalms 124 verses 1, a song of ascents of David. Uh, and then it says, this, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say. Can you read this from, let's go back to verses 1. Can you read this from, if it had not been, and then put your name where Israel is. Okay, here we go. One, two, three, go. If it had not been. I don't think you're convinced. Let's, let's, let's read that. One, two, three, go. If it had, come on with some vim. One more time. If it had not been. Yeah. We're going back to this. The Bible says in John 15, 16, for I chose you. So it wasn't even your choice to be on God's side. He really chose you. Before you were born, he chose you. Before you knew your name, he chose you. So now you're thanking God because you're saying, God, thank you for choosing me. Because if you had not chosen me, oh my God. If you had not decided to just be on my side, I would have been messed up. I would have been jacked up. Now, I love this in, in the scripture. It says this. It says, do you guys love these screens, by the way? Do you love these screens? We thank God. God, God has, be, through your generosity, we've been able to buy these screens. Now these belong to us. Come on, let's thank God. We thank God for them. We thank God. It says, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say. Now, the reason why the psalmist says, let Israel now say, is because Israel understands <laughs> what it means for the Lord to be on their side. If you look through the scriptures, you find different instances whereby the Israelites with the children of Israel will be going through something, going through war, going through a trial, going through tribulation, and God will come and rescue them out. Many times you see this in the scripture, and it's so beautiful to find this same thing in Exodus 14, 15. If we can go there very quickly, you find a portion of scripture where the children of Israel are not leaving Egypt and they're going into the wilderness, or rather what you call the land by which God has promised them. They're going to this land whereby where God has promised them, and they're in the process of leaving Egypt. Now, the king at the time, Pharaoh, hears that they're trying to leave this, and he says, okay, I'm going to send my army against them because there's no way that these people, these slaves can leave Egypt and just go scot-free. So then he sends his charioters, he sends so many people to come and arrest them and to kill the children of Israel who have now left. And we pick up the story in verses 15 right here. Where the scripture says, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground though through the midst of the sea. Verses 17 says this, and I indeed will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. 
So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all of his army, his charioteers, and his horsemen. Verses 18 says this, then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gained favor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Go on. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from, went from before them and stood behind them. Verses 20. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of the Israels. Uh, thus it was a cloud and a darkness to the one. And it gave light by night to the other. So that the one did not come near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into a dry land. Someone say dry land. And the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea, the dry ground, and the waters were all to them on the right hand and on, the, on their left hand side. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea. All of Pharaoh, and it goes on, verses 24, as we wrap this, this portion up. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of the fire and the cloud, and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. And he took off their chariot wheels so that they drove them with difficulty. <laughs> And the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Some versions say, let us leave them alone, for God is fighting on their side. If you read this scripture, it's beautiful to sum up the fact that even though the Israelites were going through all these trials, even though the Israelites were going through all these problems, even though they murmured and they complained, God had no choice. He chose them. You look at this scripture and you find it that as the Egyptians were chasing them, it says that the Holy Spirit, God himself, the Father, sends forth and he makes sure that their wheels go up. Now, I don't know what God has done for you, but you know what he's done for you. You know that there were times where people were coming after you and God sent some things to just mess some things up so that you can have your way. You know that if it had not been for the favor of God who just pulled you out of that exam hall, you would have failed. You know that if you went into that interview, you know you shouldn't have gotten that job. But because God was on your side, oh my God. because he chose you. You know, there's one thing about playing organized sports, and, and, and this is the best thing about this, that you don't have to be the best person on the team. As long as you have somebody on your team who's really good, you'll probably win. <laughs> now, let me tell you something. You don't have to be worthy. The fact that he calls you his son and your daughter is enough. All he requires, oh, if you're going to clap, clap on the Jesus. The fact that he chose you is enough. The Bible says in John 15, 16, you didn't even choose me. Even if you wanted to choose me, you couldn't choose me. So I came and I chose you to be on my team. So now I walk with you wherever you walk. I go with you wherever you go. Even if that's in the wilderness, if that's through the water, I will create a way where men say there is no way. Because I am with you. If it had not been for God, if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, what would you say? If it had not been for God who helped us these last two years, what would we have said? You see, thanksgiving and a heart of gratitude is something that's missing in our generation. People like the blessings, but they don't, they forget to thank the one that blessed them. People like the miracles because it's quick and it'll fix it. 
But there's some things that God won't do for you unless you learn to thank him. Unless you come with a grateful heart. Now, it's so crazy because if I were to preach about fire of the Holy Ghost, this place would be on fire. But you preach about giving thanks and it's something we've lost. So we're foreign. We don't know what to do. Thanks. You're supposed to give it to me. I need it now. It's, it's something that I have to have now. What do you mean give you thanks? I don't have time to give you thanks. I need what I need now and I have to go because I'm late for something. You, don't, you forgot the fact that what you're going to, God created that way. That, that the children of Israel, they murmured and they said, listen, why would you bring us into the wilderness? You should have taken us back. You should have taken us back to Egypt. At least our graves were there. Let us die in some level of dignity. But God says that, listen, I can't even allow you. I can't even allow you to die in Egypt because my word has gone forth. Because the Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And the word was God. So God is the word. So if the word goes before, that means that God has gone before. If God has chosen you, that means that God has. Okay, now I'm ready to go. Because like my papa preached last time, that God is the alpha and the omega. Meaning that he knows the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. So as he stands at the beginning, he already knows the end. He's here, but he knows what's happening there. Not only is he in the middle, he's, he's with you in the beginning, he's with you in between, and he stands at the end to make sure that the word he sent will come out to fruition. That means that when the children of Israel were going through the wilderness, they murmured, they were so pissed off. Moses, why would you bring us to this place? We're about to die. God said that, man, I would like to listen to you and all your murmur down there, but I can't because some time ago I promised Abraham, your great, 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 great grandfather that, listen, I will take him to a land he does not know and I will establish him there. I pr and I, I made a word. I made a promise. I chose him even though I, I didn't want to, but I had to. I didn't want to, but I needed to. Because there was something I wanted to do on this earth and I needed a vessel. So I had to pick him. So I picked him. And because I chose him, that means that all men under his descendants, I also have to lead them to that place. Listen, there's some places God is taking you to. It's because of the sacrifices of those that have gone before you. I love nights like this because God stirs our heart to give him back the praise that he's due instead of us sitting on the praises. Don't you know the Bible says that God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble? He's merciful to the humble. The ones who are meek, he's merciful unto them. What does it mean to be proud? It means to sit on the praise that's due God. Let me say that again. What does it mean to be proud? It means to sit on the praise that is due God. God has some praise that is due him because everything that he does for you is by his, everything you do is actually by his grace, not yours. You didn't buy it from a store. You didn't go and purchase it online. You didn't go to Kijiji and say, I need grace now. Download grace into my spiritual account, you know what I mean? Like, nah, G, you didn't do that. What happened was when he chose you, he equipped you. What happened was, when he chose you, he downloaded some spiritual software into your system. What happened is that when he chose you, he knew, Pastor Ryan, that at this stage in your life, this is what you would be doing. When he chose you, he already factored in everything that you would do right and wrong. And he still chose you. 
When he chose you, Sam, he looked and said, man, this guy is going to spend about five years doing nonsense, but I will endure it because at the end of it, I will see forth there is a man of God that is coming out of him. When he chose you, Tian, he said, oh my goodness, Tian, uh, uh, she might go through some trials and some tribulations and there'll be some times where she will lose faith and she won't trust me. There'll be some times where she will give up on me. But because when I chose her, my word went forth. My God. And my word, like Pastor saying, it never falls to the ground. My word cannot return to me void. Therefore, I have to make sure that what I said comes to fruition. Therefore, if I'm sending you into a land where I've promised you, I have to make sure that you get there. Even if it demands me splitting the Red Sea. Even if it demands me fighting off people. Because you know that it's not every fight that the children of Israel won. There were some that they lost. So it means that there's some fights you will lose, not just be. Oh, God, okay. I'm going to stop. There's some fights that you'll have in your life, some battles in your life that God will make sure that you lose so you understand that if you keep winning every single battle, you'll think it's you. Hey, I keep winning. I keep winning. I keep winning. All I do is win, win, win. That's good. That's good. Well, I ain't even preaching yet. That's good. You're winning. It's great. But sometimes things have to be hard. So that through all of the difficulties, through all of the trials, there will be times you won't have food. There will be times you, I don't, you ask your friend for an Uber to get home. There will be times you will go on the bus. There will be times you will have difficult times. There will be times, it's, this guy's crazy. There will be times it will be difficult. But the Bible says even in the New Testament that the reason why the blind man was blind is so that the glory of God can be shown through him. Therefore, through your trials, through your tribulations, through your difficulties, God is doing it. Not just because he... It's because he wants to see glory come back to him. The reason why you're going through it, please be seated. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know what the Holy Spirit does? He identifies. Right now, my spirit is picking up things from people. I'm picking up things right now. Some things. No device of the enemy will stand. Devil, you think you have it. You're losing. This ministry won't fall today. Won't fall tomorrow. Well, I'm sensing some stuff in the atmosphere. They made it past year one, year two. Will they get past year three? That means some of them are aging out. Charlie, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I will be 55 years old. I'll wear my skinny jeans and I'll still preach. It doesn't matter what you think. I might have graduated eight years ago. It don't matter. When the Spirit of God is upon a vision, God has endowed the vision here for the promise. And if the word has gone forth, his word cannot return because he's the Alpha and the Omega. If he said we are going to get thousands of students, I won't stop. I won't quit. I won't finish. I won't throw in the towel till this campus is saved. Campuses around are saved. Young people are saved. Give God a shout in this place. Picking up some stuff in my spirit. Please be seated. Thank you. 
I'll see you do it again. My God. You think, you think I'm picking up some stuff in my spirit, and I'm here to announce that we are not slowing down. <laughs> because the Bible says that I didn't choose him, but he chose me. You didn't choose God. God chose you. So what happened is that he chose you already. And in your life, when you didn't know God, all he was waiting for was the manifestation to the point of revelation whereby you would realize that you belong to him. So you have a lot of people that are walking around the world who are just waiting for that moment of revelation to realize that, wow, I have been bought by him. His blood has bought me. To the point where they begin to operate like the child of God that they are with all the privileges, all the rights that they have. Back to this point. The reason why men say the word pride is because you're sitting on the praise that is due God. You look at this story. Back in, Exodus 14, back in Exodus 14, verses 15, back in verses 22, verses 23, you see this quite simply in the scripture. You see this, that it says that we have to stop fighting with the Israelites because God is on their side. Now, if it had not been for God, like the scripture says in Psalms 124, verses 1, what would you have said? If it had not been for the Lord who was on your side, what would you have said? There's three things that Thanksgiving does for you. Having a heart of gratitude. Uh, like I said, gratitude is a word that's unfamiliar, that's very, very unfamiliar to our generation, but it's changing here. We will be the generation. I didn't hear your amen in this place. We will be the generation that changes that narrative, that we will be the people that have a heart of gratitude, a heart of praise. What is gratitude? Gratitude is simply saying, God, you are everything. I am nothing. What is being thankful? Being thankful is saying that, God, everything you do for me, I know it's not by my strength. It's not by my might. It's not by my wages. It's not by my, my intellect. I, it's not on my own. I'm not an on my own type of dude. No. I got here because of your grace, your mercy. I got here because you have been with me. That's how we make it through. Three things that Thanksgiving does for you. Three things, and I'm going to show you how to activate Thanksgiving in the next few minutes. Number one, Thanksgiving resets your faith in God. Thanksgiving resets your faith in God. Every single time that you say, God, I thank you for what you have done. Lord, I worship you for what you have done. Lord, I praise you for what you have done. What you're doing is that you are reassuring your faith in God by saying, I realize through this problem, through this difficulty, it's not by my strength. It's not by my wit. It's not by my might. It's by you alone. So every time you release thanksgiving, you say, God, I thank you. I worship you. I praise you and adore you. You're telling your problem you've lost. God, begin to activate the word that you've released. Every single time that you begin to thank God, that's what thanksgiving does for you. It resets, number one, your faith in God. Number two, thanksgiving grants you peace and understanding. Can someone say peace? Say understanding. If we jump to Philippians 4, 6 to 7, we see this scripture there. Philippians 4, 6 to 7, you'll see what peace and understanding you'll gain on account of your heart of gratitude, your heart of thanksgiving. We're in Philippians, Philippians 4, 6 to 7.
Is it on the screen yet? Philippians 4. There we go. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So be anxious for nothing. Don't be anxious. But in everything by prayer, number one, and supplication, number two. And then it says with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is something you sprinkle on your prayer. You sprinkle on supplication. It says that after you've all done everything that is there, then with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Go on to verses 7. And peace, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So you receive, number one, peace. Number two, you receive understanding. And number three, you receive a sound mind on account of thanksgiving. That's what Thanksgiving does. Number one, peace. Someone say peace. Say understanding and sound of mind. A sound mind. That's what you gain through Thanksgiving. It says prayer, supplication with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is something that is needed in the ingredient for peace. Some people say, Pastor, I'm, I'm anxious. It's midterm season. It's anxiety. My anxiety is high. It's, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do all this homework? How am I going to do everything that I have to do? The Bible says simply, this is the remedy for anxiety. Number one, don't be anxious. Number two, pray with, with supplication and with thanksgiving, and you'll have peace, understanding, and a sound mind. That's what you gain through thanksgiving. Number three, last point before we, before we get up here, musicians, you can help me. Number three, thanksgiving, it multiplies you. John verses six, John six verses one. John chapter six verses one. I'll show you this. John six one, it says, uh, this is the scripture where uh, uh, Jesus is walking with all of these people and they need food. Um, and he needs all these people to be with him so that he can get, uh, you know, he can feed them with all this, all this stuff. And they're hungry and they're saying, how am I going to feed all these people? And he said, listen, uh, we see a little kid over there. He has some loaves. He has some fishes. He says, okay, bring it. Let me give thanks. So after he gave thanks, he then gave it to all of the people. I heard my, 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 my dad, a minister this yesterday, he blessed me so much. He said after he brought what the boy had, the fishes and the loaves of bread, he then gave thanks for it. And after he gave thanks for it, then he gave it to the people. And the five loaves, the two fishes, and everything that was there, then fed 5,000 people because of thanksgiving and multiplied. Thanksgiving will multiply you. If you're at one level, thanksgiving can get you to a point where people will say, how did you get there? Because you gave thanks. I'm serious. Thanksgiving will get you to places where people will ask, how did, you, how did you even get this interview? It's because you had an attitude of gratitude. Thanksgiving was a part of your language. Thanks, every single moment you took a step, it was thank you, Jesus. You know the first words on my lips when I wake up in the morning is thank you, Holy Spirit. That's the first words on my spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I, the, before even I do anything, I get my, my, my phone to do my devotion or I get my Bible. The first thing I do, I do two things. I say, thank you, Holy Spirit. And then I sit there for about 30 seconds to a minute. And I say, Holy Spirit, what is the word you have in my spirit? And he'll tell me, Philippians 4, 6, John this. And I'll take my Bible and that's my devotion for the day. That's how I live my life. I say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thanksgiving brings revelation. Thanksgiving brings revelation. I've given you like five points now. After Thanksgiving multiplies you. Thanksgiving also gives you revelation, number four. It brings revelation. 
when you have a heart of gratitude, an attitude for gratitude, God will never pass you by. It will get you to places where people will look and say, how did you get here? Simply because of your heart of gratitude. Have you ever met those people who are super positive all the time? Hey, talk to me. Have you ever met those type of people? You may be that person. God bless you. Always just optimistic. Ryan thinks I'm that person. <laughs> Every single day, it doesn't matter what it is. We might be dying. We might be dying. I'm like, hey, at least we're not dead. You know? I'm, I'm that type of person. Like, you know, they'll be like, Pastor Golf, the church is on fire. I'm like, whoa, did, well, did, did we die yet? No. We're still, okay, well, you know. Well, they'll be like, Pastor Golf, it's not working. Nothing's working. The videos are broken. Nothing's working. Well, like, do we have praise on our lips, though? Do we have a voice to thank God, though? We do, right? So it doesn't matter what happens in life. All you need is that heart of gratitude, that attitude for gratitude. If you forget everything I said, just remember this simple word, attitude for gratitude. Have an attitude for gratitude. Have an attitude for what? Everywhere you go, walk with it. If you get denied the job, don't worry, there's a better one. Like everything, you have to understand that if your exam goes bad, don't worry. It's not the end of the world. They didn't kick you out yet. They may have kicked you out of the program, but you're not out of the university. Like you have to understand. Like, You see, that's how you have to think. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't get that job. Thank you, God, because there may have been somebody there who would have poisoned my drink. Sorry, I just came from Africa. You know, there's some stuff that happens there. Some stuff that happens there. Charlie, the demons there are not the same ones here, man. The ones here are intellectual. The ones there, they'll show you I'm a demon. I'm a witch. Queen mother. Me, me, I'm a queen mother. If you have power, let me see the power. Don't you remember that scripture where it says, Jesus, I know. <laughs> Paul, I know. But who are you? May that never be said of you. May you carry so much attitude for gratitude on the inside of you that your attitude, point number six, or is that number five? What am I at now? Number one, two, three, four, five. Is it six? Your thanksgiving and your heart for gratitude will bring you anointing. It gives you access to realms of power and realms of grace. Why? Let me teach you this. You say, how is this? Show me in the scriptures, pastor. Don't be saying this. All right, cool. Let me show you the scripture. Very easy. He says, come into my gates. What? Thanksgiving. And into my courts with what? Praise. The moment you come before God and his presence, don't you think he'll give you everything you need? Anointing is gained when you're in the presence of God. So you come into my courts with thanksgiving, into my gates with thanksgiving, into my courts with praise. Thanksgiving and praise gives you access. You then have access to oil. You have access to grace. That's number six. You have access to all of these things. It's because of your heart of gratitude. Because of an attitude for gratitude that you had. So you have to understand that if you've been denied some things in your life, don't, don't get angry. Don't get upset. Don't think that it's the end of the world. Always have that attitude for thanksgiving. In this season of thanksgiving, there's no better way to go into this season than to thank God for everything he's done for you. Because listen, when you left Egypt, when you left that place that was familiar, when you left that, uh, that comfort zone and you went to a place where you did not yet know where you were going, you could have died in the wilderness, but God kept you alive because he's on your side, because he's chosen you, and you didn't choose him. Let's be on our feet tonight.
I want to give you two ways that you can give God thanks. There's so many ways, but this is what I believe the Spirit of God wants for this meeting. Number one, how do you give God thanks? Firstly, remember what He's done for you. Remember what God has done for you. Remember what God has done for you. I remember, you know, some years ago, I might have been five years ago, six years ago, I was in, no, 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 not that long ago. I was in my second year of university. And I was a frost facilitator here at Carleton. And uh, I was in one of the rooms in uh, Mintel 2000. And a young man comes up to me. And actually, no, I went up to this young man and, you know, I started talking to him. And I started, you know, we started conversing. We started talking and started telling me about all these things that he was involved in and all this stuff he's involved in and he wants to get me involved in and you know what I'm saying <laughs> and I'm saying oh my goodness <laughs> I want to but you know there's a word on my life right so the way that works is no matter how far you go God will always yo-yo you in and it's so interesting because that same gentleman that was trying to get me into things, he's standing right here. His name is David, Pastor David. And <laughs> God has delivered him, don't worry. <laughs> and it's so interesting. The reason why I love him so much is because I've seen his growth. Now, if you don't go back and you say, God, thank you for bringing me from a place where I did not know. When I met Tiffany, do you know how much she used to swear? She's so embarrassed. You only share your testimony when you've overcome it. And I can share this boldly because she's overcome. She used to swear. There wasn't one sentence she could say without saying the F word. Like, it was like, this girl, like, I mean, I don't swear that much, but, like, this girl swears. It's bad. Like, it's bad. Like, hey, man, are you going to do no. Like, give me your mouth. We put soap in it. Let me wash her. Like, what? What's wrong with this girl? She's swearing all over the place. But yet, when you see her here serving, see her working in the office. You see her put, making sure things are all right, making sure everything is right. You can appreciate her. Come on. You, you see her do it. And now she's come from Tiff, the girl that I knew, to Pastor Tiffany, the creative pastor over this great work. You see, I can, I can go from person to When I met Mayel, I'm just going from person to person. I met Mayel. You know when I met Mayel? Mayel is the one that prophesied this guy, you're a pastor. And I said, don't let, him, don't let me hear you say that word again. I met her some years ago doing a fellowship. Just bring it down for me. Doing a fellowship here on campus. And I met her and she used to come to me with all of her problems, all of her difficulties. She'd be like, oh, pastor. You know, you know she just called me Kofi back then. Oh, this guy is bothering me. This guy, da, 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 da. Just, you know, all these things. And I'm just like, yo, my goodness. This is a lot of, a lot of problems. <laughs> but to see her serving in this house as a leader and to see how God has changed her life. I remember some time ago she came to me. We were sitting in, in the UC cafe and the Timmy's downstairs and she said, Pastor, I, I'm dying. And my inside is dying. My internal organs are giving up. And I prayed a prayer of faith that said, God, thank you for healing. I said, God, thank you for healing. And in the matter of minutes, she said it. She's here. Raise your hand so they know it's true. She said it. They gave her some few months. They said, you will die. I'm giving you a few months. Your body is dying. It's breaking down right now. She said she felt virtue enter into her system. She said she felt healing power enter into her system. It's been how many years? And she's still there right now. 
if you do not remember what God has done. Human beings forget so easily. It's like it's our nature to just forget. Did, didn't you? I was helping you. But you forget. And we all do. We're all guilty of it. Because we believe in a life should be progressive, which it should. But in life being progressive, as you drive the car forward, you still have to look at the rear mirror. Don't ever forget. As you drive forward, you still have to look at the rear mirror. There's some things God has done for you in the past. You need to look at that thing in the past to continue going forward. <laughs> to continue to go forward. I can go from person to person in this place. I can go. I remember when, when Pastor Oba came here. I remember he was, hey, Jesus. God has helped boys, eh? God has helped. I remember this young man came here from Nigeria. And, you know, he came here walking and said, I play bass. I said, okay, all right, you play bass. And he, he began to, to, to grow. And I've seen his level of growth from years ago to where he is now. To now he's a pastoral role. He's pastoring so many hundreds of youths and, and God's hands upon his life. And he's going from one level to another level to another level. And I see the grace upon his life. Now, it's so easy to look at the grace now and to think that he didn't come from somewhere. When you were somewhere in Ibadan, somewhere there. And God has brought you from Nigeria all the way here to be able to catch an anointing that is going to transform this generation. You cannot thank, just sit there and not thank God. When you were, for some of you, you were, your, your parents were on their hospital beds and God came supernaturally to save them. For some of you, you didn't have money in your wallet. You didn't have money in your bank account and God provided a way. For some of you, God has done some things for you. But if you do not remember... You cannot give him thanks. I remember when I was, when I was dying on the, on the hospital bed, going through surgery after surgery. I'm like, God, I let this cup pass me. You need to have an experience like that. Let this cup pass me. Like, I do not want to go through this anymore. And God would say, listen, Kofi, I can't let you spare this because I, for my toughest soldiers, I give the toughest battles. If I want to make you into a general, at least you have to know that you might have to suffer a few bruises on the side. You have to suffer a few things on the side to get there. You need to, you need to make sure this cup can't pass you. You need to drink the cup. There's some things that you have to experience. I said, God, let me pass through this thing. If I'm standing here today on my two feet and not in a wheelchair sick, I have enough reason to thank God. The fact that you have breath in your lungs is enough to thank God. The fact that you can think straight is enough to thank God. All I'm doing is I'm stirring your heart for thanksgiving. Point number two. Always have a song on your lips. Always. Doesn't matter what's going on, Nana. Always have a song. Always have a song. Always have a song on your lips. Always have a song. Always have a song. Paul and Silas was in prison and they had a song. You're not in prison. You're here. What's your song? You should always have a song on your lips. Always have a song of worship on your lips. That's how you release things. You begin to remember God. This is what you've done for me. And once you remember what God has done, you begin to now release a song and say, God. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.